Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So on this week's episode, I'm uh, an absolute fan of 911 podcasts. Um, Supermarket is out now, which is an absolute hoot. And would like to welcome onto the show Adam Marciano, Alexandria Benoit. See, I got it right, Benoit. Yes. And Antonio Cordero. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for having welcome, us. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. So before we start talking about this incredible show that you've all create, created, I wanted to get a bit of background so the audiences can, can get to know you a bit better. So we'll start with Adam. Yeah. What is your background, um, you know, your experience within the industry? I started doing this when I was so young, when I was about 12 years old. My grandparents do it, did it, so I was around it as a child, and it made it feel tangible that I was able to be in this industry because i feel like a lot of kids think like oh hollywood it's so far away but growing up in toronto you can be on the streets and see like things filming around so it just felt i was able to do it and begged my parents for an agent and they obviously said no <laughs> and then finally i convinced them when i was 12 and um i just started working ever since and then did small roles here and there throughout my years and uh and then 2020 hit and that's when i approached antonio and i said look we got to do something on our own but we're all isolated so how are we gonna make a project and we came up with audio dramas and the rest is history excellent and alexandria yeah. what about you i have been in the entertainment industry for a very long time since the tender year of nine years old Wow, I grew up as a performer. I booked every role I had auditioned for when I was a child until I landed my first principal agent at 14. I did a lot of work in the independent film industry, and then it kind of blossomed from there. I got to travel for work. I went to Nova Scotia to work on a Stephen King show. I went to Cuba to work on another television show. I got to work on lots of really amazing projects. I got to work on a, an Emmy-nominated television series you may know called Degrassi. We just got Woo-hoo! our Canadian... 
we just got our star in the Canadian Hall Walk of Fame. I have had a really great career and I'm really grateful for it. And with a background in the industry, my family is in the industry as well. I have a director who is my uncle. He is a very famous director and his father was actually a very famous stuntman in Hollywood. He was the very first Spider-Man. So it just kind of came naturally to me. I've always been a born performer. I took ballet and every kind of dance you could imagine up until I was in my late teens. And I I was with the National Ballet School of Canada. I performed in the Nutcracker. So performance has always been in my blood. I mean, just a quick quest question around that, because <laughs> when you've got family that are quite well known in the industry, do you try and keep that sort of low key? Because you don't want to, you know, let that sort of, I don't know, help you through the in- industry or basically do you use it to your advantage? To become a Nepo baby, you mean? Mm. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. After all this time, I definitely have earned my stripes through producing awesome. direct acting and writing. I feel like if there's an opportunity that comes my way, it'll happen. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. And then uh, last but not least, Antonio, what is your background, sir, uh, within the industry? Uh, uh, yeah, very similar to uh, Alex and Alexandria and Adam. I grew up as a child actor from yeah around nine years old as well. So I've been in the industry for about 20 years. I um, I did various things. I did a couple small roles when I was younger, but then I actually moved into stand-up comedy and uh, performing that in Toronto in my early uh, like teen years, actually, like 17. And then I moved to Vancouver about seven years ago and started pursuing more of a combination of directing, writing, and producing as well. Did a couple short films. I'm currently working on a TV show called Alert. Uh, starring uh, Jason uh, Scott Con. I almost said Jason because it's his character name, but uh, uh, and uh, yeah, just kind of doing the day in and day out of that, and um, primarily doing directing now. But yeah, I started out as a performer as well. Let's talk about supermarket, and we've got a great song to play. And afterwards, we'll get on with talking about the series. He became a sitcom star at age 15 until a hacker leaked a video that showed his peen. What a cruel mistress, the fame machine. He went the way of Roseanne Barr and Paula Dean. He moved back with his parents, had to get a job. But his resume was lacking, things were looking hard. Found himself begging the owner of a grocery store. Carson, Carson, sitcom star. Rags are riches, riches are rags. Price and stickers, grocery bags. Clean that spill in aisle 12. Carson's girl has been oh so that is supermarket <laughs> a six part that song is hilarious honestly yes uh, we, i'm sure we're gonna talk about that but this is a six yeah. part podcast series so before we get into the nitty-gritty i've got to say a massive congratulations because um you know it can't be easy to take on a task of writing comedy um, and 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 produce, producing a show like this, and then putting all that hard work in, and not sure if it's going to resonate with the audi- audiences as your you know you intended. 
But it obviously has. It obviously has yeah. because uh, I've got a side there. Number one. <laughs> number one. So after all that hard work and all those hours recording this amazing, amazing show, I mean, how does it feel? Uh, we'll start with Antonio. How does it feel knowing, you know, how much success you've had so far? And I'm sure it's going to get you even bigger and better. Oh, see, I'm the last person you want to ask that question because to me, I try not to like pay attention as much as I can and let it get to my head. It definitely feels good. And I was actually just talking to Adam about it yesterday that, you know, we face so much rejection in the film industry, storytelling industry that when you actually have a success, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't really hit until like something else happens on top of it. Then it's like, oh, I should kind of like just enjoy the moment. <laughs> and then my workaholic mind kicks in and I go back to writing. So <laughs> I just can't, <laughs> I can't seem to enjoy it is what the answer is. I mean, I mean, I know that, that, that performers and, and people in the industry like yourself do this work because you enjoy it. It's something that you're passionate about and you get yeah. something out of it. But obviously getting recognition and knowing how well it's doing, it's obviously a massive bonus as well. So, so mm-hmm. Adam... I mean, how does it feel to to know that it, it went to number one? I mean, that must be amazing. It, like I said, like Antonio said, like it feels so surreal. Like we don't do it for the number ones. We don't do it for all that. We do it because we want to create a show that's entertaining to people. So to us, we already won by having the people online yeah. saying how much they loved it and how much they tuned, they sure. enjoyed the characters and all that. That was our win, you know? But then this was just mm-hmm. an extra bonus. And we were like, holy, you know? So... I don't know. It's it's surreal, but again, it's just like Antonio said. We're, we're thankful and we're grateful, but back to work and continue on. You know, <laughs> for sure. And, Al- and Alexandria, I mean, when recording this and work working on this project, did you feel at any point that a- actually we're on to a winner here? This is going to be just a, a smash hit. I knew it from the moment I read the pilot. <laughs> I, I she's really- been the she's been the biggest fan. She's I, been I, like. I'm the cheerleader behind the whole thing. I thought it was so funny, unique, and hilarious that it would resonate with people. I thought it hadn't been done before, and I really wanted Adam to do it. So we all came together and pushed, pushed to make it happen. Excellent. I was I was not really down for a while. I was second guessing a lot of it, and we had to. you know, no pun, actually pun intended. We had to shelve the show for about a year because I was like, mm, this is not what I'm feeling. Spoiler, and then it, a, a name we, we thought it could yeah. be. We were going to call the show shelved actually, because Carson's <laughs> career gets shelved, but you know, mm-hmm. so it took a while and then we, we, we put everything aside and then we started up again and then we felt better about the writing because we took that break and, and then we came into it way more open-minded, less like fear of any, you know, judgment and that's when all the magic really happened because we were just having fun with it instead of being so serious before you know so Mm. i mean what was the development like for this show uh i mean how did the concept come about do you guys remember because i don't (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember i feel like we've had this in our minds for two years we've been like playing around with the character with the story for two years and like i said we were going through many many variations of the script and Mm -hmm. character development and all these things um but it wasn't until maybe the summer of this year that's when we picked it up again after 
yeah, a year of having it, yeah, having it on a, on a on a shelf, literally, and then rewriting everything and and coming into it more open minded, like I said, and just having fun instead of being so serious. I think that was the beginning of the development. But um, we did the pilot first, and it was a yes. year before we even recorded the rest of the series. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that that was um, part and parcel to like helping write the rest of the series, in my opinion, because we did that pilot. I was in person for that one, thankfully. And we got a sense of the characters and how the actors were in person. And then based on that, we knew where their characters were going to go and how, what, we could be, what we could get out of the actors as well from performance standpoints and what mm-hmm. they really excelled in and stuff like that as we were writing and reading through the rest of the script. That was my, my takeaway from like, uh, the development process that I enjoyed, actually. It was nice to have that, that first pilot done and then reflect on it and write the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. I mean, I mean, compared to the other two projects that that you've done, this is literally the polar opposite. I've got to say. (laughs) So, so if you could talk about the script writing process, because you know, how was it compared to doing a tense, you know, podcast like Ice Cream? I mean, it's got to (laughs) be amazing, like a breath of fresh air to be able to be able to let loose. It was so much fun. Sometimes we would see things um, in the media or pop culture and we would draw from that or we would have funny jokes with each other that was very Carson coded or Ember coded or any different kind of character coded that we, we would say to each other back and forth and we would put it in our notes and say we have to put that in the script. So it was just a breath of fresh air trying to work on this new comedic style with both of these hilarious writers and our other you know, writers that are involved. It was just a really enjoyable process to get, to have something so funny when the world can be so dark. It's a nice, sweet escape. Mm, Totally. And I, to add on to that, like, I think that with comedies in general, you know, especially sitcoms, you have the physical gags, you have Mm. the slipping on the banana or whatever, and that we don't have that in this, in this show. And so for us, it was very important to have the foundation be the script, the story had to be very solid. And once we had that, Mm. we were able to kind of let go of it in the studio and play and ad lib because we knew where the story, where the episode was going. So that's why it took us so much time to rewrite everything because we wanted to make sure everything was so um, strong the foundation because then we could just build on top of mm. that and once we finally did we were we were good to go I think yeah. I mean the thing I like about the show because I am a fan I really really am um, is that you. it's so <laughs> fast paced and there's yes. so many gags in there and there are some that are very close to the mark which I love I love flirting <laughs> when people flirt with that line I mean when you was writing it and obviously getting stuff together were there certain things that didn't make it in the script when because you oh, thought yeah. this is way yeah. too far this is yeah <laughs> oh yeah we were like are we gonna get cancelled a million times like every time we're like oh, is this too much yeah. are we gonna get cancelled well one thing that didn't make it into the script was the character will he was actually written as a lady shopper that carson attacks and after a while adam thought that that might be too violent to make carson i was like that's a black woman yeah <laughs> so yeah we switched I was like, the script we, it. totally yeah. we were like we can't have him attacking a woman like that is insane so we just we we wrote it to be another flamboyant boy <laughs> <laughs> the jig is up. Ah. Say cheese, or should I say sex tape? 
Give me that damn phone! Get off of me! You don't take my phone! It's my personal property! Get your hands off me! Person! Get off him! But, but, but the thing is, the, the, the thing I like about comedy is that you can push those boundaries. You can, yes. because satire, you know, yes. but then you are risking people getting offended. But again, the totally. great thing I like about this show is that it resonates with dif- different cultures. So as you, you know, people in the U- UK, our sense of humour is slightly different. But I've got mm-hmm. to say, it hits the mark. So you know when yeah. he's writing it... <laughs> Did you have that in mind of, you know, how it was going to resonate with different sort of, you know, countries or, or, or cultures um, in particular? When it comes to writing comedy, like the first person that has to think it's funny is like the person that's creating it, right? So I think a lot, as long as we felt that it was funny and then we would also consult with like the performers doing it because the character was like them. It's like, does this feel like, you know, in the world of respectfulness, I guess? And then I guess comedy can translate. And I know that uh, the, like comedy humor in like you, the UK is different some, in some ways than the US and North America. And like a lot of that is like visually represented too. So um, I think it was honestly a little bit of just like following that true mark of is this funny or not? Is this safe or not? And writing that line, it kind of translated across cultures that way too. And we have such a diverse cast as well. Yes. I feel like that it leaned yes. into it as well. And I mean, you know, I'm, like I said, once we had our script solid and we knew where the storyline was yeah. going, we went to the studio and we told the actors, let's now have fun with it. Throw it all away and ad lib or improv. And mm-hmm. some of those takes made it, some of them didn't, but it was that freedom that we were able to have, that new energy coming into the writing process that I think is the reason why it transcends through different you know, cultures because it's just genuine. We're just genuinely laughing and having a good time. And we hope that everyone else does too, you know? So with your previous pro- projects, they were quite immersive. And with this yes. one, it's immersive on a different level because the unique voices, the unique cast, you know, the talent <laughs> that you've got is incredible. It really, really is. And and it keep, you. keeps your attention and the characters are just formed so well and, and performed so well. I mean, what went into the casting of this show to find all these incredible voices. I think we're just so (laughs) surrounded by so many amazing, talented actors who are also our friends that we kept in mind for the project. And once we had approached them with the script, they were very excited about it. Mm -hmm. And then once we had the pilot recorded, it was much easier to write the tone of the script with their voices in mind because we could really totally. feel the words coming from the page. Exactly. And we were very open to accents and different types of voices because like you said, a big cast like this, it's very important to have different types of voices, different types of accents. So you can follow along of who's talking and what, who's saying what, you know? So we loved having different types of voices and experimenting too. You know, the, the, the guy who plays my dad, uh, Douglas, he, he plays my dad and Bernard and we had him do a Texas accent and just my dad, you know? And so we were, we were just having fun with that kind of stuff vocally, you know? And, um, yeah, we're, we're very blessed to have a lot of actor friends that we were able to work with and, and collaborate with. I mean, the only voice that you're missing is an English voice. I've got to say, I know, do you know what I, I mean? Know. I, Season Our two. paramedic was English. Our par- yeah, in, in episode one, we had a little paramedic. She's like, paramedic, paramedic. So she was British. She was British. But season two, Brian, if you want to bust up the old acting you know chops. What? 
I, I, I would, I, I would be there. Well, obviously not there. Well, I could fly over. Who knows? Well, um, budget. But, um, but yeah, exactly. So Antonio, um, you actually directed some, some of Supermarket, uh, but you did it totally online, which is very, yes. um, you know, modern times. Uh, what was that like? <laughs> Uh, especially with internet connection and and not actually being there, what was that experience like? Well, it was certainly different and um, different for good reasons and bad. I mean, being there is always preferred, but um, I have a great co-directors that can sense that energy in the room. And a lot of the time uh, I was basically brain coupled with them, just telepathy, putting the notes <laughs> in there and they would say what exactly I was going to say or do exactly what I was going to do and it would be done. So a lot of it was just kind of almost like voyeuring. And then if there was a, a last minute thing that I felt like we needed before we moved on, I would chime in and say it. But I got very lucky to have great co-directors. So it was like I was like pseudo there in the flesh, but not there at the same time. Uh, if that makes any sense but it was very much like uh, nice to be a a fly on the wall and like watch and listen and see how it all comes together uh, remotely Um, but yeah overall I would say definitely better to be in person but it's not impossible to be remote Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean Alexandria you actually directed in person so what Mm -hmm. was that what was that like and with a script like this were they just like a bunch of kids you know did you have to rein them in and crack that whip It was such a fun playground to play with. Everybody brought such a unique perspective to their characters that we didn't have to do a a lot of directing. Mm -hmm. We gave a lot of notes and redirects, but they were all so talented. It was so much fun to get physical with them and show them also sides that maybe they didn't see. And working with other directors here, my other talented ones, they also (laughs) caught things that I so it was a very awesome collaborative experience overall. We were definitely in tune. Like yeah. we, we used to joke about like having that same brain Wi-Fi because we were saying we're things and doing things before we even spoke, like Antonio said. And it was just we yeah. were. It's just a testament of true uh, collaboration and 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 just being yeah. on the same page. And we were just. It's that's a blessing when you get that. So yeah. I mean, yeah. would you say it's more difficult to direct something like this than actually direct something that's on camera? Because, you know, I suppose for voice actors, you know, with the absence of visual, they've got to do so much more with their voice. They've got to do so much more, an, you know, animation mm-hmm. with, with the tonality of their voice. So as a di- director mm-hmm. that way, is it more difficult? Personally, I feel like it's not like a, a bigger challenge. But with, with film, you're watching way more stuff. You also have to listen to the tone. You also have to listen to the energy pacing, all the actors, the background, all of it. So I feel like visually is more. There's more going on that you have to be way more hyper focused and attention on, and you'll lose stuff in that. Like you, no one's perfect. They're gonna miss something on one take and then get it on the other take. Whereas in audio, you are hyper focused on the audio, and there's only the audio. And yes, while your direction of the physicalities help the audio, it's still just the audio, and like you're just listening for getting the right tones or the variety of tones and then what other actors are inputting how is it all going to sound together what is like you know the 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 bigger picture in a sense in that audio space so i feel like i feel like the visual is a little bit more difficult and for the respect of the other medium being there but uh the audio is more consequential if you get it wrong whereas Mm. visual you can save it you know a little bit i encouraged a lot of our actors to get physical throughout their performances 
I encouraged one of our robbers to physically try to imagine himself holding Carson at gunpoint, and it really helped elevate the performance for him. So I think it is a little bit more challenging, but I think it's possible in both both fields. I'm gonna blow all your brains out right fucking now! Take us to the safe, open the safe, give us the money in the safe, then everyone will be safe! Okay. Uh, is there a safe word? What? Just in case things get a little too violent, or- Man, shut the fuck up! Okay, shut the fuck up! This is a safe word. Noted! <laughs> Where is the goddamn safe?! <laughs> Alexandria, you also, not only director, but you play Ember in the show. Ember, Ember, which Ember, as is <laughs> a great character. I've got my own sort of thoughts on- the relationships and and what's going on, you know, behind sort 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 of the scenes. But we'll talk about that. But what was it like to not only direct but actually star in this show? How difficult was that? It wasn't that difficult <laughs> because I have <laughs> these two amazing guys behind me to help Thank guide you. me. So being a part of the writing process really helped the development of the character, which I think is really great. If you're an actor, you get to really be in depth and see where the character is going. You have a little bit more control with the molding of what you want. I really mm -hmm. envisioned this Frankensteining of Ember to be Mandy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. So I drew from her this brooding kind of like angry little tot running around demanding things. And then I had, Jade from Victorious, who's this kind of punky goth girl who's so evilly sweet and mean, you hate to, you love to hate her. So I kind of meshed them together and it, it was fun. And then I, I went with that and anytime I kind of needed any remolding, Antonio or Adam would tell me, you know, do it a little bit more like this or that or elevate it or move it around. So it was really great that we just always were able to refer to each other to make it all work perfectly. Mm. I mean, she has a um, a rocky relationship with the lead character, I've got to say, in in yeah. the show. And I, I personally secretly think that actually they could be really good friends. Um, you know, know. They, they're very much alike. <laughs> they're very much alike. Look, Carson, I've been thinking a lot lately, and this banter between us, this this frenemy shit, it was cute when we were 16, maybe 17. We're pushing 30 now. We've aged. We've grown. I think it's time we finally make a truce, bridge the gap, end the war, if you will. What do you want? What do you know? What are you scheming, devil? Carson Carson, what a character. Um, and, Oi. And, it, and is performed by the wonderful Adam. Um, you. you know, if you could talk us through the character of Carson Carson, where he was uh, formed from, is he based on anyone that may be in show business currently? Yeah. That you, you know, <laughs> I am. I know there's Carson Carsons out there in show business for sure. But he, you know what? He is truly just this crazy, obnoxious character that you start off with. You know, in the first episode, you see him just completely out of touch but throughout the season it's fun because he kind of comes back down to earth kind of keyword and you know his his co-workers are kind of dealing with him they're not taking his shit so they're grounding him a little bit and so throughout the show you kind of see that that dynamic but i i believe carson deep down is a good person he's definitely loyal we see that throughout the show with suhil with his family his mom 
episode three, spoiler. Um, and, you know, he, I think he is a good person, but eventually it's going to have to get to that. And I think throughout the series, I'm excited to watch that develop for sure. But he's very obnoxious and, and just and, uh, just a delight to play because it's like I can say things that you can never dream of saying, you know, and <laughs> yes. it's, it's all through that character. So it's fun. I think he says things that we all secretly want to say. Yes. That, yes. No that filter. We, yeah, no exactly. No filter, filter, <laughs> filter. I've got to say, though, my favorite moment without spoiling it for the audience is something to do with Oprah. Um, oh, some, my goodness. And something to do with an aisle. Um, yes. and, and there is a moment and literally uh, my wife said are you alright because I gasped I went oh, like that and she was like oh, you're alright I was like yeah um, just fantastic we did our job. moment really really is hold up what was that boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Antonio, obviously this is an audio sitcom, um, but... There's been some animations created, which are <laughs> awesome. I mean, Iconic. what sort of work went in, in, into this and the thought behind doing this? Well, Adam was in the editing hole, as we call it, uh, editing the show day in and day out, um, you know, taking our notes, making them happen, and just, like, making the show so well. It's like, what can I do with the tools that I have to help him and, like, not just, like, say, great work every, every week, you know, or, like, you know, my notes. I wanted to do something more. And then I got into thinking about like the promotion that we had coming up and then what we were going to do on socials and visuals. And, you know, up to this point we had just done like, um, it's like some audios with some like graphics and stuff. And the same with the other shows as well, but I wanted to just take it up a notch. And then I kind of was looking into my Adobe suite and what I have at my disposal. And I kind of came across character animator and started researching and watching videos of how to make animations with that. And uh, I came across like a really good like template that's free to use. And these characters were in that. I built them all out myself with those. I uh, did some like tweaking and design with uh, little later animations when he puts on like costumes and stuff. And thankfully with Adobe, it's all like kind of across the board connected. So you can like pull the, the animation up in Photoshop and edit that character. And then it'll go right back into the animation live and be like ready to work. So I got really familiar with it as I went along and I made these one minute animation clips and they liked it and the fans seemed to like it. So I kept going with it and um, 
that's why that's how they kind of came to be. It is. It just elevates the show and it gives it a visual element, which is so amazing. When he came up with it, I was like, yes, Antonio, this is it. This is it. So usually we're, we're against putting the visuals out because we find that audio series dramas are more like books where you, people can create those characters in their minds and they own part of that visual IP. And like, we really wanted to like keep that with our previous projects because that was a big part of, you know, this, but when it came to this, it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, we'll take the reins and we'll, 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 we'll yeah. create some characters and animation felt like that kind of go between where it's like it's not really people but it's not you know not people at the same time exactly <laughs> that makes any sense but you know what i'm getting at. and it's everything like, about this sh- just like that different yeah and everything about the show is different than the first two that we've done so this really aligns with yeah. the animation and the visual it really aligns with what we were doing so it's perfect so with this i mean i i, I can imagine it as like a cartoon like south park or or something like 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 that. Like I mean, Family Guy, perhaps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, would that be something that you may consider? Because obviously, you were just saying that you like the fact that it's an audio, so people can use their imag- mm-hmm. imaginations. But maybe another project or around this, like an you know spin off. I would love to do an animation of this show. I feel like if if we got picked up to do that, we would re-record almost everything if we could afford to do that because with a visual element now you can write it different right we can have different gags set up within that and like you know that will affect how the writing is done the same story through line should follow but like you could tweak a little bit of the scenes because i feel like even when people adapt books into movies i feel like that's the secret sauce is if you add to the piece you don't just pull directly from it and just expect people to love it it's like you're not adding to anything you know so i feel like we would need to add to it and take it up a notch a little bit and give I mean, it like we, surprises too, like a visual, el- the visual element, like some surprises and different twists and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. We can have little Easter 100%. eggs as well. Aisle three, yeah. the biggest Easter egg of all, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes down and in aisle three. That one was the hardest to animate in the background of because it was such an iconic aisle. I was like, I yes. can't mess this one up. It's got to be unique. <laughs> I mean, talking about your other two shows, I mean, is this one, was it harder? Or was it easier than recording the other two? I feel like the first two were so dark and, you know, I mean, they're all, they were all hard to do in different ways. The first two were very dark mm-hmm. and we felt like we would leave the studio emotionally drained because of just the, the topic that we were doing, which is, you know, Cascadia was a deep sea underwater submarine thriller we were screaming and running and chase being chased by this crying demonic crying and all these things and ice cream you know there was you know it was about missing children in the late 1980s and an ice cream man and so you know it was there were dark topics and so we would leave the studio like just drained because we were giving all our emotions this we were laughing the whole time but also we were drained because even like when i was doing like my my part you know i'd be in the studio for eight hours in a day, but I'd have to keep the energy up as Carson because he doesn't stop. And so I'm giving everything 110 and all the actors give 110%. And, and so by the end of the day, I was drained, but like, because I was giving so much energy, so hard and different, different sorts of ways for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have a, a lot of great guest stars uh, on the show, some great voices. Was there anyone in particular that you were excited to, to you know, to work alongside? First of all, we loved all our guest stars. They were all yeah, so sure. fun to work with and amazing. We were so thankful that they came on and showed their talents. But for Oprah, so Oprah comes on the show. She's a big part of the plot and we needed some sort of Oprah impersonator for sure. 
And before we even wrote the full script of the show, this is way back in the earlier days, I just put out on Reddit like an anonymous posting under anonymous count. So nobody knew I was in from Toronto. I'm just looking for anyone who does Oprah impersonations. I was doing a worldwide search. I didn't care if you lived in England and Australia, Canada, whatever. I just wanted to see if anyone out there would be able to do that. And somebody replied to me saying, hey, yeah, there's this girl named Hillary Warden and she lives in Toronto. And again, this person couldn't have known that I lived in Toronto. And I was like, no way. So I search her up like a creep and I, I find her on social media because we have a lot of actor mutual friends and I reach out to her and I say, hey, look, my name is Adam. I'm doing this project. Would you be in- I heard you could do an Oprah impersonation. Would you be interested? And she's like, of course. And so I got her to send in a little audition tape because I just wanted to see how, how good she was. And she was amazing. And then she came into the studio and absolutely blow- blew us away. Like, absolutely. She's so talented. And I just can't, that story is just so funny to me that we found somebody, because I, I figured I was going to find someone remote and they would send in some kind of, you know, recording of it. But the fact that she lived in our same city that we were recording in and we got to meet her, it was so cool. So that was probably like the, my favorite story from all the guest stars for sure. Yeah. Carson! Carson! Oprah! Oprah! <laughs> wow. Wow. I just have to say, I saw your video and I am mind blown for someone who was as famous as you. For someone who is as rich as you. Well, $10 million to be exact. To be working at such a humble job. It brought tears to my eyes. Tears! Just just out of curiosity, did everyone record in the studio or did people record remotely as well? We were all together in the studio for the pilot. Um, but then because of scheduling conflicts and stuff, we were we, we couldn't do it all together in the studio for the rest of the season. So each actor came in and this was also very unique because we got to focus on the actor instead of just kind of hearing the whole performance and just not being able to focus on each person. Um, However, we definitely want to make sure next season that there'll be more time that we can actually go in in the studio at the same time and do it because it was just, it's more fun to do and also less editing for me. So (laughs) (laughs) I had to Frankenstein every line and put it together and it was very time consuming. But again, it was unique because I got to listen to 10 takes from Elijah and choose the best line and put it in instead of maybe having three takes of all of us together kind of thing, you know? So it was more isolated that way. Yeah. And for directing, it made it a lot easier when the actors actually were partnered with their scene partner, because they were able to elevate their performance based on the reaction that they were actually given. Oftentimes Mm -hmm. it was Adam or myself reading the other person's lines. So we did try to give the same energy to the characters. You should hear the amount of Suheel impressions we heard from each of us. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so having the actual cast together gives such a better, well-rounded performance. Not that they were capable, Mm. but it just, it makes it more fun and bouncy. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I mean and, having them there, I suppose you can bounce off each other and you can feel that energy. And, yeah. and some, sometimes like scheduling would work out where, you know, the actor would come in a little earlier before the other act and they were in the same scene yeah. together. So we got them to do the scene. So we were able to do that sometimes, but most of the rest of the season, everyone was kind of on their own. Um, yeah. But as for remote as well, not really. We had like some reporters were remote or, you know, other, those mm-hmm. kind of roles, but most of the core cast was um, in person for sure. Yeah. yeah, Josh and I, uh, we did our scene together. Yes, <laughs> so that, was, that was funny. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Being drunk with him was, was so much fun. Oh, so it was yeah. method then. So you did have No, no. <laughs> that was or, the hardest part. 
sorry. Break in the studio. Go, chug. No, I messed up. <laughs> in the show, in the show. So, so okay. watch him across the booth, and we're like, woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of slamming ourselves. I'm like, more, give me more drunkness. I want to hear the slurring and the voice, you know. Take a shot and <laughs> so, do it again. Yeah. Like holding yeah. a water bottle, going, like, let's party. Um, yeah. Literally. Every sitcom has got a great theme song. You know, you've got yeah. Big Bang Theory, and you've got the classics from the 80s and 90s. And this has got a great theme song. It re- really has. It, it's, it's very catchy. Where did that theme song come about? Who recorded it? I mean, who wrote it? It's just fantastic. Thank you. I, we were inspired, like I said, by the late 1980s, 1990s, early 2000s sitcoms. This whole show is very much a love letter to that, you know. And so I approached one of our creators, Joe Diaco, and he's a musician. And I said, Joe, would you be able to create something along the lines like The Nanny? The Nanny has a a theme song where they kind of explain the whole premise in just 30 seconds. And I was like, I would really love if you can somehow write lyrics to explain the whole basically first episode in 30 seconds. And he said, I got you. I came back with this amazing lyric lyrics and song and i was like how did you do that in one day but okay and then he's like i have a perfect singer for this andriana shabbat and they collaborated and before you know it they sent me a draft like this is just an early draft i'm like this is an early draft this is amazing and i was like we don't need no notes perfect and uh, they recorded it professionally and then that's what we did (laughs) and and the nanny it was one of my favorite shows when i was growing up as well who would think that she would you know go on to to be head of SAG. Do you know what I mean? Right. Which I think is fantastic. Which is ironic because the whole show, our show was, you know, delayed for a year because of the writer's strike. And she was, you know, fighting for us. It's all connected. It's Full just, circle. it's crazy. Full so. circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the great thing about this show as well is, is you know, when you're listening, and I've got to say, anyone that wants to lis- listen to this, you you need to wear headphones because the sound design in this show is amazing. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just astonishing how you get it to all work and and if you close your eyes you do feel like literally you're in the middle of you know the supermarket or the office and and you know someone's walking away i mean which scenes were the most difficult to actually you know record in the in the in the way of the sound well you know what this show was actually very simple to sound design compared to our first two shows our first two shows the first one was sci-fi second one was a horror so it was very heavy on sound design and sound effects and music and so that was very hard this was super simple we only had the supermarket we had suhil's office the loading docks and the outside those were our four sets quote unquote right but you know there was hard times of editing for sure like i would say in episode four when the robbers come in because there's a lot of physical physicality in that episode the robbers break down the doors they choke carson you know all these things that happen there's a gun involved so that was the most challenging to sound design but other than that it was pretty simple it was more like i said about timing of the voices and the and the beats of the actors performances and making sure everything hit perfectly that was more of the challenge this show for sure favorite scene favorite moment from recording this whole series so we'll go around the room uh antonio what's been your favorite thing about recording supermarket well i really okay I, i'm kind of biased because like my favorite character in all of our 911 productions is carson so like a lot of his stuff <laughs> and his his story arc in the whole show is, i've just been obsessed with i've loved it i love that 
it's never like changed his personality, but it's it, like the story has changed the way he conducts himself in life and like his priorities and what me, what's important to him. You'll see in the last episode, it all kind of comes together. Um, I'm trying to think of a distinct moment where I felt like it really shifted when he's with Theo in the back room. I really, there's a scene there that I really liked and that, that I feel like that one stands out for me when I'm thinking about the whole series. I don't know. That's the one that's like mm. the turning point for him. When they kind of open up to each other and he's kind of just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. When they're starting to like fall, fall for each other a bit. And like, you kind of yes. see Carson in a different way and like off guard in a sense. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, his priorities shift with when Oprah comes into the picture and kind of like puts at a, a, a risk. So I'm like, that all like pulls in the heartstrings for me for that character and that and that is my favorite probably. Anywho, let's just say Hollywood sucked me in, chewed me up, and spat me back out. There was seriously a time where I thought I'd never leave showbiz, but the more time I spent away from that town, the more I'm starting to realize how toxic Hollywood truly is. Ah, oh, I bet. But I'm sure it's much more fun than this small Hager town. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and Alexandria. I really love the scene between Carson and Hillary when he gets the phone call from Oprah (laughs) and he's explaining to Hillary (laughs) what Oprah (laughs) said and all the actress Janelle had to say was what and she said it totally so many different ways and the scene is so funny just because she's saying what over and over (laughs) and at the end Carson says girl you need to learn another word other than what and she's like like what (laughs) it fills me every time i listen to it because it's so it's such simple stupid comedy that makes me so simple yeah there's so many (laughs) nuggets of gold throughout the whole thing that that makes me laugh really hard shut the frick up what shut the frick up what shut the frickity frackity frack up what yeah yes of course i'll be there of course ta-ta Hillary, Oprah saw my video! What? She has a proposal for me and the supermarket, and she has summoned me to her office in LA to meet right now! What? Girl, you've got to find another word other than what? Like what? Okay, I'm leaving now. If Suheel asks, tell him that I'm saving the day yet again. What? No, but actually just say that because, you know, I know I just exposed to the entire world where I work, but Theo has really inspired me to try to be more private. Entering my elusive era. Ciao for now. What? And Adam, what about you? It's hard to pick because, like, it's like my baby, all of them. I'm so proud of all the actors and all the scenes and everything. But I really have to say, Sue Hill Singh belting out James Blunt. That is the funnest, yes. funniest <laughs> scene for me. I, I don't know if you've gotten to that part yet in the episode. The last episode. Yet, no. No. Oh, you haven't gotten there know. yet. You don't no. even know what's gonna what's in store what for happens, you. Yeah. He is belting it out. I'm not going to ruin it, but it was so freaking unhinged and funny to re- record and do. And the way that that even came about, I remember we needed some kind of climax on this ending of this episode, ending of that kind of storyline. And I was, I was like, I don't know what we're going to do, how we're going to like have that all wrapped up. And I was at the mall and that song by James Blunt was playing on the radio. And I was like, what? if Sue Hill is singing this on his way out of the supermarket and I pitched it to them and they loved it and we just Amazing. ran with it. And that's what I'm saying. So it iconic. was just so silly and so fun that we were, we, we got into a headspace yeah. of writing where it just became fun. And 
and just like trying new things and just have fun with it. And that was, and, and Sujith, who's the actor killed it. We did it two times and he just, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's I, I laugh every time. Did I disappoint you or let you down? Should I be feeling guilty or let the judges frown? What? Because I saw the end before we'd begun. Yes, I saw you were blinded and I knew I had won. So I took what's mine by eternal right, took your soul out into the night. What the fuck is he saying? It may be over, but it won't stop there. I am here for you, if you'd only care. I, you touched my heart, you touched my soul, you changed my life and all my goals. And love is blind, but that I knew when my heart was blinded by yours, I've kissed your lips and held your hand, shared your dreams and shared your bed. I know you well. I know your smell. I've been addicted to you. Straight up, this is weird. Goodbye, my lover. Is he quoting? Goodbye, my friend. He's quoting. You have been the one. You have been the one for me. Goodbye, my lover. All right, let's go. I've got. Yeah. I've got to ask as well. Who's who's responsible for for having the song "I'm Horny" in the show? Oh, me, me. Because that is one of my favourite songs uh, from Grout. I would be really funny. I mean, I'm like 44, so when I was younger, that was on in the clubs, and yeah, know, to, hear, to hear to hear that, I was like, yeah, you've got me now. Carson's you know ringtone in episode one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, how ironic. He's in a sex tape and he has that as his ringtone. So, of course. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Very the great much. thing is, you you mentioned earlier on that, that, you know, maybe next season. So, we're getting a season two. Is that right? Yes, we are. <sighs> and is that currently being written now or is it being recorded or have we got a time frame? I need to know. It- um, it's in oh. development right now. We're in the early processes of developing the story, but we have an arc for where we want it to go for sure. Right, Antonio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed, for sure. Oh, I yeah. cannot, cannot wait. And then I'm going to do one last round robin on, with season two, if you could pick any star to guest on the actual show, what star would you have um, I'll go with probably Adam first because Antonio is looking like he's deep in thought. <laughs> he's thinking, oh, I don't know. So, Adam, who would okay. you love to work with uh, on season two? Okay, she's not alive. Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm, on this, I'm on this Golden Girl binge. I don't know why I've just started watching it. It's so funny. I'm like, it holds up. I love it. So I would love, love, love in another life to work with Betty White. She's just the queen of comedy. So. Do you know what? Talking about, the go- talking about the Golden Girls, obviously I mentioned earlier on that I'm a manager at, at a supermarket and we have music yes. playing. Do you know what? Like every fifth song being played it's the acoustic version of the golden girls theme no no (laughs) and it's so good it's a real song yeah yeah i didn't know it was a real song i thought it was it's yeah it's some someone's taken it and and turned it into an acoustic song it's just amazing it's fantastic and what about you alexandria who would you like to have on your dream guest star i i didn't I've never even considered that. Um... I've got someone if we want to come back, Alex. Yes, go ahead. You, you go ahead, sir. Um, in spirit of uh, the 
animations and the people receiving those like that. I think it would be cool to have Seth MacFarlane on an episode and doing some of his family guy voices. Like maybe they come into the supermarket and you know, they're shopping and like maybe he brings his, you know, family with them. And there's like some sort of interaction with Peter Griffin, the Stewie, Lois, (laughs) like the gang as it were from family guys. So Seth MacFarlane and all, all people attached that could be with him would be a great uh, guest star appearance in our show. I would love that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I second Antonio with that. (laughs) <laughs> she's, she's, she's like she's like yeah i don't know yeah i'm gonna agree with you uh no that's there's a few actors in there mila kunis you know she's in there Seth yeah. Yeah, mila kunis. there we go mila kunis. mila kunis there you go <laughs> but no i can't wait for every, everyone to listen to it it's on uh, you know it's available on all podcast platforms if you do want to follow all the pro progress uh, you've got a uh, the Instagram just there, which is at nine one one podcasts. Uh, give them a follow um, so you find out what happens with season two. I'm sure the news will be on there, and also you can see some of the wonderful animations as well. Is there any other messages that you'd like to give the audience and the lis- listeners about the show before we bid farewell? I, w- it's I would free. love to tell so, people that. Oh, yeah, it's free. Yes. Yeah. It's free. <laughs> it's just free. go and enjoy. It's a free show. You yeah. can go and listen yeah. to it and binge it and just give yourself some laughs. Why not? Right? So, yes. Anyway. Yeah, I was just going to say that to your, to, to echo Adam, the show does not try to be anything more than what it is. Like it's, it's got yes. stakes and drama, but it's still there. It's a laugh all the way through, like <laughs> through all of that too. So you'll, it'll pull on your heartstrings, but you'll, you'll laugh like 80% of the time. So that, yeah. that's what I like the most about the show. Sure. And we have freaking Oprah on the show. So not real, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Oprah characters. So, I mean, that, that just, that should sell it to you. Yeah. And wear your headphones. Adam worked really hard to make it. There you in the go experience for everyone thank you and it does make a difference and the one line is in it especially when you say fuck my life i just think that is fml dead ass is is, yeah exactly and it's just so much stuff going on um and and hopefully season two will be coming around the corner before we know but thank you so much everyone thank you so much thanks brian up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.